This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 97 of Beers in the Lot. This week, we were watching game three of the Stanley Cup final between the Colorado Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning. So we talked a lot about how that series has been going and what Colorado might be doing in the offseason with a lot of free agents coming up on contract time. We also commented on the current NHL coaching carousel as John Tortorella gets hired by the Philadelphia Flyers. And then we learned that Johnny would have taken advantage of his first class passenger status on the Titanic and saved himself. You know what time it is. Let's crack those beers. I saw that, John. I know. (laughs) Oh, no. What did you see, Daniel? I saw you popping that. What do you have there? Way too early. Yeah, premature pop over here. Um, <laughs> I have a Modelo Especial cleaning out the fridge. So it was either that or like a uh, Jack Daniels, one of those Lynchburg lemonades. But I don't know. I'm not. I don't go that hard on a Monday night. Um, Daniel, what are you drinking? So tonight I have a big tangerine scream from uh, Treehouse Brewery. Went back up there, replenished my fridge. So I'm Your good quarterly to go. sponsorship kicked in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they would sponsor me. Yeah. <laughs> God, that would be awesome. <laughs> I feel like you got a retention bonus because you hooked one of our fans on it now too. <laughs> it's like you, you get a retainer or something from them. I'm I sure. should. Yeah. What do you got over there, Riggs? So from our friends at Flying Dog, I have the new Powerhouse Imperial Pills. Oh. Yeah, pretty good. I hear they added more hops. I don't think this has more It would hops. actually be less hops. It would actually be think, less hops. Well, different ones, but not yeah. more. Been drinking yeah. this stuff for years. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the store this evening called powerhouse and i thought you know a team that scores seven (laughs) goals and shuts out another team in a game two a stanley cup final is a powerhouse so seemed appropriate while we're watching uh game three here god damn this beer is good holy shit (laughs) this might be up there with one of my favorites again now like oh my god holy shit I'm just happy, like Danny, like, you know, that this game three is watchable. Like Saturday, Saturday night was like, (laughs) that's not what I tune in for. That's what I tune in for, for the first round. Oh, no, I tune in for that. (laughs) Yeah, I was happy with that result. I was, I was fine with it. I'm just like, man, like, what, like, what do you got to do? They looked so out of sorts. I've never seen a team. That, like that talented, that grizzled, just looks so. Looked like a beer league team that was just lost. Like that's the only thing I could I could say to describe it. I mean, it was a beer league score, seven nothing. I mean, I 
Do you think it is was do you think that game was because Tampa was making that many mistakes or were they making mistakes because Colorado was all over them? So I think like the first two goals I don't think were necessarily mistakes. I think that was like Colorado's done a really good job in this series in general. We kind of talked about it last night. They're getting all up in Vassy's kitchen. And, it, and it's really difficult because pucks are hitting him. It's rebounds and it's stuffing tight. And Lando even got the goal tonight. He was practically on top of Vasilevsky. I'm surprised Cooper didn't call the I'm, officials over to have a chat. <laughs> yeah, but I think he kind of realized like he can't do anything at that point. But I'm I'm more shocked because Tampa's defense over the course of the last couple of years, like they don't even allow guys to get close to Vassy. And Colorado's a little different. Like we've said it a few times, like they have some skill guys, but also those guys, like they're not afraid to get dirty. Right. So that, that kind of helps now, like let's call it game one. And currently in game three, Tampa's skating with them and they're, they're making life a little more miserable for them. But like Colorado's still getting to those areas. They're still doing stuff, uh, you know, to make sure Vassy's not just getting beat on his blocker side. Um, yeah, it's kind of shocking. Like, especially like Saturday, they just looked tired and like, they looked weak. That's the only other thing that like stood out to me besides like they were just getting the bags beaten off them. Like I said, like they just looked weak, like Mm -hmm. not even in the same ballpark. It was very weird. Very, very weird. Yeah. And then, you know, they come, they come out here at home game three and they, they look pretty good at pretty even game. And they're actually up two goals right now. So I, I think, you know, they, We've talked about it a bunch. They have that that mental strength that they built up over the last few years, you know, going through the adversity to get to the cup finals and then actually winning twice in a row. They they have all that. So Yeah, I think I I forget who it was, whether it was you or Johnny, and said it looked like they were looked like they were all like working through injuries. And a lot of those guys have played a lot of hockey over the last three years. Oh, my God. And that that was my other thought. Like, when I was watching the game Saturday night, man, these guys have been playing a lot of hockey the last three years. I wonder if it's all just catching up to them now. Yeah. You know? Um, the other thing, too, that I, I felt like the body language was just all off. They look like a much stronger team in this game, obviously, in this game three. They look like they got a little two. of their bounce back, too. Like kind of yeah. like that swagger, like I don't. Yeah, it, it was just weird. Like I mean, I think I think, like I said, game three that we're watching currently, and game one. I think that's a more true kind of like representation of the series. I'm not saying game two was a total fluke, but like I don't think that was Tampa at like the height or even close to what it is. Colorado looked pretty damn good. I'm not taking anything away from them, but. Like I don't, I don't expect them to score seven every time every on Vassy. I, yeah, I really, yeah. I really don't. I, yeah. I just don't see that. Um, I the other thing I really liked out of Tampa, like, and you kind of saw it in a in years past when like stuff kind of gets a little sideways for them. They kind of start like I wouldn't say gooning it up because that's not it, but like they're physical. They have a little jam. They start getting people's grills, and they were doing that. I love that. I'm like. You know, this is like, even though when it was, I think it was six, nothing at that point. And it was like Killorn, Stammer, Sorelli, they were kind of like mixing it up, getting in people's faces. I'm like, good. This is what I want to see. And of course I made the mention in discord. I'm like, 
Fat Pat, who everyone goes like, oh, he's such a different maker of intangibles. He was on the bench, like high on edibles and eating his hot Cheetos. Oh. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> but that's but like, that's kind of my thing. Like, I'm like, all right, like Sorelli scored this evening. So, you know, he was doing stuff in game two, even though they were getting killed. And same with Stammer. And like, those guys don't necessarily need to be doing that. Corey Perry's doing it the entire time, which I kind of like. But like, he's a presence on the ice. Like, Pat Maroon for. I'm kind of sick of this media nonsense about him. Like, get out of here. I'm done with him. <laughs> like, I just, I mean, come on. I think uh, maybe in that game two, it was an off night for a lot of that team, top to bottom, right? And yeah. And so, yeah, there were flashes where certain players kind of stood up for the team or, you know, tried to put the team on their back or whatever. But that's not how it works, right? At this time of year. The whole team's got to be going, or a majority of the team's got to be going, and that's what Colorado's had since, you know, puck drop game one. It looks like, right? But you know, game two, that result and the way things were going would have bode well for uh, Danny's five-game Avs win, the, <laughs> the cup prediction. The way things are going now, it looks like it's going to be a long series, right? If 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 Tampa can get both of these games. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think Avs get that, you know, if they get game four in Tampa, I think they're going back and winning. Yeah. I agree. I really do. I mean, even yes, I picked Tampa in seven, so whatever. But like, I do honestly think there's no way in hell. Like if, if Tampa holds and wins this game, I guarantee Bednar and the staff and a lot of the other players like really make sure they buckle down in game four. Because I think if it gets 2-2, all playoffs, Tampa's just gotten stronger in every single game of the series until it builds, until they just essentially step on your throat. And it definitely in game two was like, oh, geez, this is going to be over in three. Um, But tonight, (laughs) you're like, man, all right, like I said, this is a better representation of what Tampa is. And if you look at kind of like the zone time tonight and kind of some of the other stuff, like they're they're holding pretty damn close to Colorado. What was the per- you told me last night, Riggs? What were the percentage numbers for puck position in game two? Basically, depending on what site you went to, and they all have their they all have their own like volunteer trackers and stuff that do the actual data entry. So they're all slightly different. But Colorado basically controlled the puck 75% of that game. Oh Tampa, man. Yeah, Tampa it was like never it. in that game. And actually, if you go back and look at game one, the only period periods that, and I say periods including the OT, uh, that Tampa was actually in it from a puck possession standpoint was the second and you know the minute and a half roughly of OT. The the first and third periods, they didn't have the puck at all. Like Colorado just controlled it. Um, my guess is just based off of the you know the basic shot counter that's up that ESPN keeps throwing up tonight. Um, it's going to be a lot more even coming out of this game three, and the result shows it, right? And right, and you know, yeah, you know, Johnny mentioned like Sorelli gets that goal. I understand the defensive situation coming back on that, but that is a that is a weak ass goal for Kemper to let in at that time. If he's if he's strong on his post and strong on his stick and his pad, like that can't go in. 
you know, and I know he's probably anticipating Sorelli to come across the middle, but that's a shit goal, man. I'm sorry. And I am not, I'm not, I don't favor goalies anyway, but like that was a shit goal. Yeah. Goalies suck. <laughs> um, but the one thing, the one thing that was interesting about the Sorelli goal though, that looked like the Tampa that I think Colorado is not ready for. Like when they get moving like that in the zone, like it's a different cool. type of movement from like Edmonton or Colorado or even New York or even some of the other high flying teams. Like when they move the puck like that and the way they're just essentially setting screens in these really weird picks, no one does that. But Tampa, they are very skilled. They know how to do it. So I kind of was like, after that goal, I was like, uh, why doesn't Tampa try and do more zone entries like that? I understand it's not a perfect scenario. You know, you can't, you know, it's not like football where you reset every time. It's different. It's a moving chessboard. But like, you know, you get some of those weird odd man rushes, you know, three on twos where like it's essentially a two one, one on one side and then, you know, one on two and the other, however. But yeah, but if they're. If and they just they just scored again on a very sim similar entry. It was I know. basically a a a compact like two on one at the blue line with an exchange um down low. Like and now we're gonna get a goalie change because Kemper's garbage. And so also, does he not wear <laughs> I said this I said this on a private uh Discord. Does he not wear socks? I I I've been trying since you said that. I've been trying to look like, and see, and I if he, like he doesn't, he just skated off because Bednar had enough of his shenanigans. Uh, Bednar's gonna punch him in the gut, <laughs> like just knock the wind out of him. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, but my whole thing with Kemper too is like with all things being equal, right? With possession being equal, which it probably is in this game when when we look at the numbers tomorrow morning, you know. If it's Vazzy versus Kemper, this is what we said before the series started. Like Vazzy wins that matchup, right? So Oh, every time. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if if we're gonna play straight up and we're gonna go 50-50 on possession, uh five v five, Vasilevsky's gonna beat you every time if you have Darcy Kemper. Again, I said it last night and the lot. I said it on here a couple episodes ago bonafide starter in the nhl but he's not you know if you're going to tier everybody abc is not in the a tier how many goalies are in a would you really consider not that like many it's five? it should be a bell it should be a bell curve right i think like, there's literally like five that i can think of right yeah yeah and i will say this two of the guys in the conference finals were not in the a so we'll just leave it at that <laughs> right right so mike smith and kemper <laughs> Kemper. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them played in the same series. The other thing is, I think the NHL actually put out the infographic. They were, they put out the infographic for Colorado's goalies. They have Francois's numbers and they had Kemper's numbers and Francois's numbers are much better, especially in the high danger scoring areas. See, I feel that's like that. I feel like that's such a fickle stat for goalies. Like, I feel like uh, over a wide sample base, yes, it's it means something. But like, I feel like the playoffs and even series. I mean, I understand it's all small sample size and the playoffs, but but I, I get what you're guy, saying. Yeah, if he's the guy, and he he helped you get through Edmonton with McDavid and Drysaddle 
and St. Louis and right. Smashville. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe he's the guy. I don't know. So, but he's in now because, you know, they're down three goals in a second. <laughs> Kemper's not that guy, pal. He's not that guy. You're not, not that, that guy. guy pal. <laughs> it would be interesting to see because uh, points not playing. So maybe like I have a theory like Tampa plays better without point now. He's expendable. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I know. That's Ooh. a big hot take. I Ooh. know. I'm kidding. Um, but I'm kind of like, well, but let's say if he's if he's really hurt, though. Right. If he's an injured point, they're yeah. probably better off. I think he's really hurt. And I think it would just be better, like, give the ice time to somebody and we'll just like load up on like, you know, we'll give a guy like Hagel and Nick Paul a little more ice time, stuff like that. Right. Right. So the one thing that was kind of interesting, subtract the status of the current cup games. We were kind of talking about like, what's the sustainability for Colorado with so many dudes, either RFA or UFA. Do you, do you think it's kind of like if we got kale in the band, we'll be okay. Or do you think hypothetically, do they need a goalie? So they have Kale locked up for a while. I think like Kale, Lando, Rantanen are all locked up. McKinnon's a restricted free agent. He's eligible this year to start his yeah. contract renegotiation. So I also think that Sackick made some really good moves this season to kind of fill in holes where he needed to, right? The Manson deal, um, you know, the Lekkonen deal, like all this kind of stuff. So I think they've established their core with the long-term contracts that they have. They're going to have to pay McKinnon. We talked about before that, you know, does he take a hometown discount regardless of what happens in, in this cup final? I think he stays and I think they pay him. I think they're fine. I think what they should do is, you know, let some of those guys walk and maybe go find a goalie or go find, a, you know, another uh, second pair defenseman or something like that, you know? Well, yeah, I know Natushkin, he's up. Kadri, I don't feel like Kadri, like he's an interesting conundrum because he's going to get paid i don't think they can pay him though i i know colorado can't but like would he be willing to stay to stay and also what's that number because he put up 80 some points this year so like what if what if they get him in for a higher aav but less years exactly something like that like maybe hey we'll sign you for three but also too like maybe kadri's like well this is my one chance so Right. And I, and I get it. Like, I don't fault any of those guys because they, that's such a tricky proposition. Like anytime you like have to weigh that because championships are a a big factor and not saying when you get one, then you can kind of go chase that bag if you want to, but a lot of guys do. Yes. Well, yeah. A lot of guys get paid. They're like, Hey, I was, I was Stanley cup champion last season. What are you going to pay me? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I I'm all about it. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to see like what happens to this Colorado team. Joe seems like I kind of made the joke like Joe seems a lot like Yeiserman. Like when they yes. played, they were both sick, very good, and like 
good leaders, but like weren't the guys on their team that like kind of held the spotlight. They didn't want it. They just kind of like did their thing. And I feel as general managers, they do the same thing. Like everyone's tight lipped. You don't hear shit. Um, and it would be interesting to like, see if they kind of, uh, you know, can kind of like, Hey man, like look what we're building here. We're like doing the right things to try and make sure this is a sustainable program. moving. So that's, that's going to retain players and it's also going to attract free agents. Right. And, and players that have agents that might be shopping for trades. And so that goes a long way. And I think, um, you know, if you're successful like they are and you play the way that they do, I mean, they've, we were talking about the two Johnsons last night, right? Like Eric Johnson's been there, you know, for 12 years now or whatever it is since the, the St. Louis, uh, trade and, you know, Jack Johnson with managed minutes looks like a completely different player from the last few years. So, you know, if, if that's going on, I think it, it attracts players to, to Colorado and then also to stay. I don't care what anyone says. If Colorado wins, I'm happy for Jack Johnson. Good on him. Absolutely. He's had a he's had a rough couple of years with his parents being scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got ran out of Pittsburgh uh, and they bought him out, which eh, it is what it is. We're still on the hook like into we're still on the hook another million a year for what, another like three or four seasons. Um and then New York, he was there last year, left early. But he ended up in Colorado and like he didn't play all the games this season. He didn't even play all the games this playoffs. But when he came in, like he's been great. So good on yeah. him. Manage minutes. And like I said, he kind of had a weird arc to his career, like mental toughness. That's the way I say it. Like I, I know it's cliche and all that, but like good on him. I'm happy for him. And same with Eric Johnson. I know Riggs was talking about last night. Like St. Louis gave him up for pennies on the dollar. What a brutal deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was saying, like he, like JJ's paired with Bo Byram, who like, he's a kid. He's had a lot of like injury issues early on in his career. And I'm sure Jack Johnson can like, kind of like, yeah, he can tell him. Jack yeah. Johnson's been through a lot of shit. I mean, yes. not injury wise, like, but that's still, it all factors in mental toughness. Like I'm sure he kind of helps him with a good positive attitude and stuff that, that goes a long way. So, cause like Colorado isn't, laced with veterans they have a lot of good players let's not get that wrong but like veterans in terms that have been there done that like they got Cogliano who's good serviceable but like I think a guy like that could rub off on on Bo yeah. so that's good absolutely and especially because you got three really good young D like you got Bo Kale and Gerard who unfortunately has a busted sternum which is the most painful thing I can think of right now like oh <laughs> yeah that sounds brutal Danny, how do you feel about Torskin hired in Philly, by the way? Because <laughs> I like vaguely touched oh on it. Oh my God, I need to get it? another beer for that. How do you Holy feel about shit. it? I'm ready to watch the dumpster fire. <laughs> you saw what Dubinsky did, though, right? Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Prayers for the players in Philly. <laughs> uh, like, I always, I always want to bag on him, but I, I saw something with him. Like, he apparently he's like really good like away from the team and like off the ice. He's like a really good guy, which kind of sucks. Cause it makes me like, you know, 
can't really hate on him that much, but yeah, that's that's not going to be a good situation, I don't think. I mean, it never has, right? It's never worked out. Long term, no. Like, like he's had some success, um, in with the with coaching, but you know, after a few seasons, it's kind of like the the players kind of get tired of his shit, and yeah, they start dropping like flies. What do you what do you what do you think about it? I so like the one knock on Tortorella since he left Tampa. He is very demanding of his goaltenders. So you're telling me Carter Hart, who like looked like he got the train back on the tracks this year, despite all the other shit in Philly. Like he now has to deal with torts. Dude. Have fun. They're rebuilding, right? Absolutely. Okay. Is that the coach you want for a rebuild? No. Nope. I, I genuinely like torts. I think he's a good coach. I think he has a decent mind. Uh, subtract what he said, you know, about Zegras. I know he was going to, yeah, I can't wait till he plays Anaheim. He's probably going to get him to bury him. Um, but like, what's he have to work with there? That team is going to be so yeoman. It's going to be insane. That's my point is he, he's not, he's not a rebuild coach. He's not a rebuild guy. I don't think he's maybe he's changed, but he never struck me as the guy that would develop players no so if you're rebuilding you're bringing in young players or you have young players already that you're trying to bring up i don't i don't think he's the guy i think he's the guy that when you know you're like those columbus years where they were getting into playoffs and they were winning first rounds and getting this getting the second rounds and getting bounced right like he's that coach he had 200 some wins in Columbus, which I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, they were, they weren't like that Columbus team worked very bad. hard for what they had. The pieces they had, yeah. they worked very hard, but that, but that's who he is, right? It's like, well, this is what, this is, you know, the group that we have, and this is the contract situations that we're in or whatever. And we need you to come in and like, get us to the playoffs and then we'll see what happens. Like he's, think he's almost like a Boudreaux, like middle of the season, like bring him in, get structure, win some games. No, Boudreaux. But see, Boudreaux's Boudreaux different. Bounces, but they they go opposite directions. Boudreaux goes all offense. Torts goes all D. But I I think structure. it's even I think it's even more like there's another level to that where if you gave Boudreaux young players like what he's had in a lot of different situations, yeah, he can he could find ways to put them in the situations that are best for those young players, and he could help them develop. You know, and I don't think Torts is that guy. Torts can. Like if you, you know, if you have a team established team and you're almost there making the playoffs or you're getting the first rounds, like he can get you to the playoffs or win that first round. Right. And then if magic happens, maybe you advance, but I don't, I don't think he's that guy in a rebuilding team. That's going to help you develop your core. He's not a player's coach. Absolutely not. I think Boudreaux is more of a player player's coach than anybody. I think the players respect him. And I think he's, I think he helps a lot of a lot younger players. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, what, I don't know what kind of player, what kind of player is like perfect for torts. That's a uh, great question. 
Like, like who who has been coached under Torts that who like flourished? That's a great question. Got some research to do. Think a lot of like grinders. <laughs> like I think Ryan Callahan. That's a guy that comes to mind. That's the only one that. Yeah, yeah, and he and he did well with him in New York. I mean that that's a Broussard. Broussard did really well. That's another guy. Yeah, that's another guy. And since but, then, he's kind of bounced around. Right. They they need somebody who can develop young players. Like, that. that's what they need. Because they're in a rebuild. And I don't want to see Philly do well because I don't care about that team. I wish they would lose every game. But <laughs> <laughs> Philly's, you know what? I hate saying this, too. Like, they're in a rebuild. <laughs> Philly, for the way they operate every year since Fred Shiro left that organization, they just like are oblivious to everything. Like I almost see them going out, spending big money on free agents for no reason and going, we're all in boys. This is it. And it's going to turn into a massive shit sandwich and I'm going to love it. And (laughs) well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I I just like, like they had a guy I actually thought a few years ago, Dave Haxall, who's now in Seattle. Like, I thought he was a decent coach. Alan Vino, like, nah. Nah. Like, I'm just like... And then they had Mike Yo. Like, that guy's been recycled. Yeah, everyone they've had recently is recycled. There's a reason they're recycled. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. Doesn't make any sense. I guess Pete DeBoer's going to Dallas. Maybe they'll score some goals. and And Andrew Burnett has, like, his contract... You know, he doesn't have a contract for next season. Well, no, that's not true. It's an assistant coach contract. They're interviewing Trots and like all these guys down in Florida yeah. after he had like he co- like he coached them. They're the best offense in the league. President's trophy. Like, holy shit. And you're not going to give that dude a deal? Like, give him two see, years. That See, that kind of bugs me. That almost feels like something else happened like they're also I don't know, the, something's weird there. All this all the shit on social media was that they're shopping Bobrovsky like hard. Yeah, I saw that too. Like what are they doing down there? I don't I don't get it. Like I understand maybe the Andrew Burnett thing. Like maybe you're like Quenville did a lot. Burnett literally just like was like, Hey guys, how you doing? Every day. And whatever. That's I don't know. No one's in the locker room, so we'll never know really. But like it's intriguing that it's this far into the off season and they haven't just either removed the interim tag or hired somebody. The fact that they keep interviewing people. If I were him too, like he, like I said, he has an assistant contract for next year. He could just, I mean, I hate saying it like maybe go get an assistant position with somebody else. Yeah, he could. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. It's like I kind of I hate all the nonsense with the NHL drama and stuff. That's not how I operate. I don't like that. That's bullshit. I like, I like, no, no, that's I like my chaos. I like my chaos. No, no, I like that's... my chaos on the ice. I don't like all this turmoil in the Johnny, coaching and management no, ranks. That no, that's no. fucking bullshit. I'm calling you out on that. That's no, fucking bullshit. I don't like the drama in the front offices and the coaching stuff. I want it on the ice and player personnel only. That's how I want it. Straight up. <laughs> I'm I'm locked up with torts. You run your fucking tight ship. Uh, <laughs> you sit on the bench God. until your 
So maybe that's all you, talk, all you talk about is all the front office bullshit. Because <laughs> I love that stuff, but I don't like the drama yeah, about it. Oh my god, it's the same thing. No, nah, it's different. Well, oh except god. for Arizona, I don't like the fact they're taking private jets places left and right, and they can't pay a tax bill. That annoys me. <laughs> that's that's garbage. <laughs> I think Tampa was like high on edibles or something. They're way faster this evening. They actually look like they're skating. Oh, this is me. Maybe it's the altitude. I'm so sick of that. It is. It, it is a thing, though. I get it, but I'm also kind of like, I don't know. It is a thing. Because what do they say? It takes like what six to ten days for your body to fully adjust, right? Yeah, it's like almost a week or something. Yeah. Because we would have a better time than someone technically from Florida, because we're above sea level. It's it. No, you don't understand. It's not like. Well, I'm saying, is, uh, I'm that, saying, no, no, no. That, but I'm saying our body's a little better adjusted already. No, no, no. And no we go not, there. It doesn't work like that. We're only like a couple hundred feet. Den, that ball arena in Denver is a mile high. Yeah. Hence, mile high city. Yeah. <laughs> so it's way different. <laughs> way different. <laughs> I used to think, because like, I know like Danny plays in Hagerstown still and you used to, and I used to play there years ago. I used to think that if you went up there, cause it's like another hundred feet in elevation from here, <laughs> in Frederick, I was like, Oh yeah, it's like the air's thinner. That's not how it works. That's no, not it's just science. a meth cloud. <laughs> oh, come, on. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on. That's so wrong. <laughs> Danny just dropping bombs tonight. Do you have Aaron's whiteboard? Because he's gone. <laughs> no, he took that with him in his cargo shorts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Did he say he was storing some chicken nuggets in yeah, him or something? He literally yeah. told like, us on child. Discord that he had... <laughs> chicken nuggets in one of the pockets of his cargo shorts <laughs> in the air in the airport slash airplane yeah hey, hey ron give me some give me some of your tots yeah. <laughs> well actually no the other one was when he he was like oh i'm uh i'm coming back through customs i have an infant and danny sent like the billy zane uh <laughs> thing from titanic the, he's like i, I have, have a child, child. i have, I have a, child. a child she is all i'm all she has left yeah, yeah i'm all she has left <laughs> dude do you know billy zane threw that girl in the water the second he got that lifeboat absolutely Man, he was a scumbag absolutely. also speaking of that are you telling me rose didn't have any freaking space for all on that big ass door Get out of here, girl. They had oh, big ass doors on that ship. Yeah. They had some big ass custom and doors. Leo at that time was a skinny dude. He could have fit on there. Oh, plenty. Billy yeah. Zane could have traveled on too with the child. Oh, no, no. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he don't be on he doesn't need to be on the door. He's wearing a tux, sir. He deserved to be in a lifeboat. Like, come on. Like Oh, look at you, <laughs> you elitist. Johnny's an elitist all of a sudden. Holy shit. <laughs> Well, yeah, you saw Kathy Bates there. She was in a tank top eating a hot dog. Like, <laughs> like oh, the ship's going down. Oh. <laughs> like, whatever. I'm elitist. Come on. You just said the man with the tux should be allowed to get on a lifeboat. Well, yeah. That is some elitist one percenter shit. Billy Zane needed to help the country. You know, he was probably going to, like, you know, try and help the country 
profit off of World War One. He was doing some big things. Like, come on. You need to be around for that. Like, you need you needed guys like him in the infrastructure to help the economy. Oh my god. Elitist. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You're an elitist. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks for downloading and listening to episode 97. If you made it this far, you're probably a fan of the show. And if you're a fan of the show, you can come hang out with us on our Discord server at beersinthelot.com slash Discord. You can also check out more information about us on our website at beersinthelot.com. Either way, episodes come out every Wednesday. So we'll catch you next Wednesday for episode 98. See ya. See ya.